What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chris Stefano presents Chrissy Chaos. Yes, yes, yes. We got my family in the back. I started the show. You got to stop talking. We still don't have a studio yet. It's only episode two, but there's nothing we can do. Okay, we're coming live from the love sectional. I got my Islander stuff on because make no mistake, I'm throwing away a lot of clothes because I watched that that Chinese woman, Marie Kwan. What's her name? Connie? Vinny, what's the... Marie Kondo. I watched that, and you got to let go of stuff, so I'm wearing this Islander sweatshirt and these Lululemon pants and seeing if I want to let them go. And so far, the answer is no. I don't want to let them go. I like them. I like being with them. I did originally have on a hooded sweatshirt and this Islander's jacket, and Vinny told me you can't do a podcast from your living room and have all your clothes on, you dummy. So I I have a T-shirt on, both chains on, of course, of course. Um, shout out Marie Kondo. Great haircut, Marie Kondo. I want to get bangs. What would you do if the next time you saw me, I popped up and I was Chrissy Bangs? Just boom. It's just, I think it's a look that's coming back. There are time. There's a sexy way to do it. I'm not sure I have a bang face. Yeah, here we go. We got pictures of bangs coming up. Yeah, I mean, some people, I mean, I'm just, a, I like to change my hairstyle. I used to have a mohawk in college. Um, dude, in college, I was kind of a dick. Like, and I'm happy that things have changed. I've been humbled. And what do you mean? I wor- Vinny says you were from the back. What do you mean? Okay, I'm paying for all this. Got your freaking apartment in Bay Ridge in a two-floor walk-up, and you're complaining. Unbelievable. We have a mouse in this apartment. Vinny's yelling from the back. I thought you were studying for your freaking personal trainer's exam. Are you studying, Vinny? Okay. If you have any questions about the personal training exam, talk to me. Don't forget, I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Don't forget that. I know the answers to this stuff. Even though I did take one of the personal, one of her exam test quizzes, and I got like a 40. And I have a doctorate, and I got a 40. It's hard. Listen, if you don't use it, you lose it. That's what people would always say, right? Look, I'm wearing red socks for Valentine's Day, cuzzy wuzzy. Oh, wow. Vinny just slammed the door. Yeah, so she's yelling because, how about this? This morning, she's vacuuming, okay? I have the video. We're going to post the video at patreon.com slash Comedy. We'll throw it up there because she's not a... Al- Who the hell is that now? What is that? I ordered food. Go, hurry up. That's Those pants are too tight, by the way, from the front. Hi, who's this? What did you order? What kind of food? What did you order? That's a lot of food. Jeez. Did you get me anything? A belly band? Why did some... What do you mean do my show? You're running through the thing. You're ordering food. Is that really the delivery guy? You guys got something going on. Oh, my goodness. Imagine my kid comes out full Latino. No white at all. I know. Well, psh, I know. Scholarship. Well, my kid's going to get a scholarship. Either way, that's... Listen, I've said this many times before. My daughter, half Puerto Rican, half white. My new child, whatever it is, because we won't know the sex. We don't know the se- Vinny's not letting us find out what the sex of the baby is, but the due date is July 4th, so one way or another, I'm naming the kid Donald. I told you that, boy or girl. You got to stop with the bags, because it's picking up on the thing. We're, seriously, we're doing the show. Eat whatever. Eat your freaking chancleta with pollo, whatever the hell you're eating. Bye. Um, so, so... Um, either way though, my child, 
both of them, half half Latino, half white. So here's what we tell them to do. They're gonna go, they're gonna say diverse, they're gonna go Latino on college interviews to get that scholarship, white on job interviews to get that job. That's what we're gonna do. It's a nice mix match. Um, but there was a mount, so we're vacuuming. Literally, I have the video, patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. We're vi- vacuuming the rug. She's vacuuming while I, I'm on my phone just looking at mindless stuff. I She vacuums a mouse, a live mouse, into the vacuum cleaner. And we see the mouse jumping off the vacuum cleaner. And the reason why she won't let me post the video is because she says there's too much dust in the vacuum. It's like she's the woman, Vinny's the woman that cleans the house for the cleaning lady. And make no mistake, we don't have a cleaning yet because I stopped the history hyena, so I got hit for some money. So, but it, once this podcast starts to go up, what are you looking at me for now? What do you mean you didn't suck up the mouse? If I would have sucked up the mouse, it would have been pieces. No, if you didn't suck up the mouse, it would have been in pieces. No, 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 no. No, no speak it to them. Is that microphone live? The mouse, the mouse speak it, got in Do you know there. how to speak it to a microphone, Vinny? Right here? Is yeah. this good? Okay, yes. Okay. The mouse got in there before I even turned on the vacuum, and I didn't realize it because of all the damn dust that's in there. So, so what do you think? The mouse just that. went under the vacuum? Yeah, into and the then, little, like, hole thing on the bottom. Really? You know that happened to my dad? My dad, one, his car just broke down on the Verrazano Bridge, and a rat had gotten under his hood and was eating through his cables and you know eating through the engine pretty much and it just it literally like stopped my dad's car on the Verrazano Bridge and then also one time I was on the Verrazano Bridge with my father as like a 10 year old and all four of his doors flew open on the Verrazano Bridge I remember being a 10 year old kid thank god I had my seatbelt on I would have rolled off the Verrazano Bridge into the Hudson River could you all four of the doors he had his piece of shit Oldsmobile and all four of the doors flew open at the same time so we had to just close my door. He held his door closed, and then the back two doors were just flapping open, and it was the craziest thing ever. But it was pre-9-11, so, like, there weren't even police there. Like, genuinely, nobody cared. Um, All right, so what are you doing about the mouse problem? Uh, I, what do you mean, what am I doing about the mouse you problem? need to figure it out. I need to figure it out. It, okay, here's why we have a mouse problem. Number one, there's a person that lives next door is a freaking hoarder. Okay. Oh. Okay, edit that part out. Um, the person, so they're, and they're doing construction. They're doing construction down the block, which is a lie. But I'm just going to say they're doing cons- construction close. So because anytime, anytime you have a mouse or a rodent problem, just say they're doing construction. So it's not your fault. But then probably, I mean, the kids, every time we clean a house, you find a po- half a eaten polio string cheese, Nutella everywhere. I mean, I took my daughter out of bed the other day. Skittles fell out. I'm like, what the hell? What is going on? Every time I give this kid a bath, she's got a, a, some type of candy shell in her belly button. So that's why there's mice. Plus, there's Puerto Ricans everywhere. I'm just kidding. Vinny. Vinny's taking her prenatals, which I told you I was been accidentally taking for about a week. I was taking the prenatals, but it happens. That is why I'm so emotional. Yeah, I'm emotional. You were crying last night. Um, so <laughs> you, you weren't crying last night? And kids crying, thinking about Abuelita. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got a, there's a mice problem in here. But that's okay. It's not going to stop us 
It's not going to stop me from doing this show from my living room. It's one of those things where, and by the way, for all the people commenting, oh, you could see Homeless Pimp in the mirror, or you could see, we know. The show is called Chrissy Chaos, okay? We know. I love when people, too, they message like, hey, I'm a film guy, and I can do this. We don't, I don't care. I don't care. I'm with Homeless Pimp no matter what. Ride or die. Homeless Pimp has got 10 different jobs. I don't care. It's, it's him and I, and if you could see him in the mirror, it's because we want it that way, you know? <laughs> Or people sometimes would be like, hey, your Anxiety Tuesday videos always cut off at the end. Did you notice that? Yeah. Fuck nut. Of course I noticed that. I post them that way on purpose. That's why I only post the Anxiety Tuesday videos on other days. And I watch all the people in my comments get mad. And then I just write, you're new here. If you say, oh, it's actually not Tuesday. Today's Thursday. But good video. Shut up. People like that. What? Could you imagine... Why do people do that? I've never in my life, and there's been times where I've been offended, very offended by something, never ever tweeted at somebody I don't know with some type of negative review of their product. Like, what's the point? Like, how big of a problem do we have in our country that, or in the world that like people feel they need to say something to you? It's all like fake tough guy. It's like, it's like Twitter tough guys. It's the same thing like road rage, where it's like, you know, you're in road rage, you know, whatever, you're honking your horn, giving somebody the finger because you feel tough because there's no repercussions. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I put my car in park and open the door to get out. You drive right away. You're like, oops, bye. And you're out of there. That's what Twitter and social media is. It's like, a, you know, it's just there's no repercussion. So I don't look. I but Listen, by the way, let's get right into it real quick our mental health segment, our Anxiety Tuesday segment, twofold. Number one, what I've been doing for, for my Anxiety Tuesday mental health. All, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you have a, a big social media account, small social media account, whatever, what I've been doing. And it literally, uh, listen, I'm feeling a little gay today, so I'm going to say it's life-changing. It's probably not life-changing, but it's, I, it's still, you know, it makes it's making my asshole open. So I'm going to say that it, you know, it's positive. I have been posting the content that I want out, like posting something on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and then not looking at that social media app again until I post something again. So no comments, no DMs, no nothing. I am not allowing other people to kind of dictate my mood. So if somebody doesn't like something I've posted or does like something I posted, that's all about them and I appreciate both. It's like whatever your opinion is of me, that's totally fine. If I post something, I'm a comedian. So if I post something, I'm posting because I think it's funny and it's been worked out and I think it's good whether you do or not. I don't want to say I don't care because of course like, you know, I don't want to upset people. We're only going to live once. It's like why, why piss people off? But I'm not going to let, you know, any of that affect me, you know, even, even like, you know, with a couple of weeks ago, obviously, you know, with ending the history hyenas, it's like people have been coming up with all different types of reasons on why we did it and blah, blah, I, it doesn't, whatever your narrative is, is your narrative that it's like, genuinely, it's like, I, I just want to like move on, you know, like, so we post things and then, and that's what I've been doing for my mental health is I've just literally been posting something and then moving on and not even looking at the comments. Once in a while, maybe I'll respond to something positive and delete something negative. That's another thing too I wanted to talk about. Deleting something, a negative comment, I think is like a powerful thing 
Because it's like, what, what? Because, you know, some tough guy says like, oh, you need to, don't delete the negative stuff. Don't block somebody, you pussy. It's like, why? I have to have negativity in my life? No. Remember the positive compliments. Forget the negative ones. Remember the positive comments. Forget the negative ones. That's how I'm living my life. That's a song. What's the song? Oh, the, the sun, um, sunscreen. The, Google sunscreen Lars Borman or... Lars B- Barson, what the fuck is the guy's name? Wear sunscreen. B- Lars Borman, no, no, Go- wear sunscreen song. Wear sunscreen lyrics, there you go, there you go. Yeah, Boz Lorman, I said Lars Borman. The guy's name is Boz Lorman, but wear sunscreen. Go watch, as part of the Anxiety Tuesday segment of the show, I'm gonna, uh, the homework is, is to go watch Go listen to Everybody Feels, Everybody's Free to Feel Good. That's the name of the song. Um, the song's by Quindon Tarver, and it's it's Bars Lorman, um, I guess who's a motivational speaker. I mean, he's a, is he a German kid? I don't know. He's a motivational speaking kid, but it's basically he just goes through, I think it's a college speech that he did, and he's basically just going through like kind of ways to cope with life, and it's awesome. He says, you know, I, one of the ones that I remember, I haven't listened to it in a while, but one of the ones you remember is is um is like you know like life's a race. Um, sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind, but in, but in the end, but in the end, the race it's only with yourself. So he's like, don't look at what any, anybody else is doing. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind, but in the end, it, the race is only with yourself, and that's very powerful um, stuff that's helped. But the tip today, just post something, move on, don't read the comments or the DMs, and I think you'll be a lot better off for it. Um, and, uh, using that Headspace app has really helped me. I don't know if you guys have Headspace. It's not a sponsor of the show. It's genuinely like, I just, I go on Headspace and it gets me into a groove for 10 minutes. And I just, then all the things, like I used to genuinely get things that I wanted to be reminded of tattooed on my body. Like I have a tattoo on my body that says in your mercy, keep us free from sin and protect us from all anxiety. (laughs) And that's what I used to get. I got a tattoo on my forearm to remind me of this. But now I just go to use the Headspace app once a day and I get it to a zone. And then I remember my things that help me, like just post something and move on. In the end, the race is only with yourself. It doesn't matter if you're ahead or behind. You're only racing yourself. It's not going to matter in five months. Don't give it more than five minutes. You know that one. So I've been doing stuff like that. And that's been really, that's been really, uh, really helpful for me. I can't believe, dude, uh, Pimpy, do you know about Bars Lorman? No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, dude. Where, dude, I'm telling you, on the way home, listen to it. It's so, he's basically saying, he's like, he's basically like, look, the only thing that I know, he's like, the only thing that I know to these college kids is, is to wear sunscreen. He's like, that's been proven. Doctors have said, if you don't wear sunscreen, you're going to die of skin cancer. That's proven. He was like, but everything else, he's like, I don't know. He's like, look, you know, he's like, don't, don't put hair dye in. You know, you're, if you mess with your hair too much, you'll look, you'll look old. He, you know, he says uh, the race one. Then he's like, you know, don't, you know, if you got like a rich spouse or like a trust fund, like don't rely on it too much because at any time, either one of them can run out. Like it's really just about like believing in yourself and doing it and going solo. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, Chris, but I, I know what you mean about the comments. Why do you feel like you read those comments? I think I read those comments because I think our minds are programmed to for some like negativity. I think the human mind, I think it's a survival mechanism. I think 
in order for our brains to feel like they're protecting our body, they have to like look at the negative stuff because those look at those are like threats. So I think like the fight or flight, I mean, the sympathetic nervous system, that's, you know, anxiety in itself is just for protection. That's really what it is. But I think when you it's kind of like a leftover thing from like evolution where it's like we don't need to have our heightened anxiety and be upset all the time because you know there's not animals or, or tribes coming to kill us at all times anymore but you know so so I think that's why our minds do it but I kind of feel like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look you know at those comments anymore because you know they make me feel bad and then it's like why why do I have to feel bad for some person from you know Idaho or New Zealand that I never met that just wants to have road rage at me like why and what I'm 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 a pussy if I don't look at the comments it's like that's shit Gary V wants you to think you know I'd like to meet Gary V can we try to get a cameo from Gary V he seems like a he's like a hyper intense dude but I kind of like all motivational speakers have some, have they have they have big heads like Gary V's got a humongous head physically and so does Tony Robbins Tony Robbins it, Tony Robbins looks like he's like straight from, he's got like a Cro-Magnum Neanderthal type head. What do we got? Uh, there, are, um, there are now more mobile phones than people. That's a problem. The ITU estimates there to be roughly 5.28 billion mobile broadband subscriptions at the end of 2018. Speaking of that, you know what else I did the other day? Dude, go on Amazon Prime right now. You have to pay for it because it's like early access, but I rented it. It's called The Dissident. Dude. I watched this documentary called The Dissident. Babe, holy smokes. The dis I mean, literally, Pimp just wrote The Dissent. Now he wrote The Dicadient. D-I-C. Now he wrote The Decadent. D-I-S-S-I-D-E-N-T. I mean, Pimpy smokes a lot of weed. The di No. The Dissident. D-I-S-S-I-D-E-N-T. There you go. The Dissident Amazon Prime. Okay. So, dude, this was about um, Jamal, how do you say his name? Uh, Jamal Kashamagi? Jamal Kashagi. Jamal Kashagi, who was a very prominent Saudi, you've heard of this story, right, Pippi? Very prominent Saudi journalist. But, dude, in Saudi Arabia, see, here's the thing. A lot of people want to yell about, like, America and problems, and I know we have our issues. But, dude, Saudi Arabia, first of all, how about this? You ready for this little button I'm about to tell you? There's more slaves right now in Saudi Arabia than there have ever been slaves in the history of the world. Do you understand how wild that is? More slaves right now, 2021, Saudi Arabia, than ever in the history of the world of any country, including America. That's fucking wild, wild, wild. Um, this is not the Christy Stefano segment yet, by the way. This is, we're not talking about history yet. I'm just, I'm just going off. Um, but the Mental Health Anxiety Tuesday segment was cute, right? Let me know. Let, let us know if, 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 if the segment's cute. Um, but Jamal Khashoggi, so you watch, dude, the distance, it's insane. He was outspoken He's a journalist. He was outspoken against the Saudi government, and they labeled him a dissident, which is just someone who hates their country or is labeled to hate their country. But it's like, to me, it's like, dude, you should be able, being a dissident is like, in democracy and freedom of speech, like, you should be able to say whatever you want, not get labeled like, I hate my country. Or if you hate your country, it's like, that should be okay. Like, it's democracy. And it's like, yeah, dude, I mean, if you keep popping off, it's like, you're going to get slapped. But like, you know, Saudi Arabia, what they did was, how wild is this? So, so they basically, the documentary is fascinating. And it just literally makes me believe that all hate 
on Twitter and social media is not real. It just make it like further cements it that dude, it's not real, baby. So so the dissident, why do you have an email that says Alu Akbar? Uh, from these, Swat these, these are emails from our fans. Sorry, I'm oh, from our up fans. For the next segment, I'm pulling this up. Sorry. Oh, okay, cool. Because one of the emails says Alu Akbar. What's up, Chris? You love your show. The muzzy cop in fucking North Carolina and your show entertains the shit out of me while working. You got to make it down to Rally Improv in Cary, North Carolina. We'll love to see you there. Thanks, SWAT life. I mean, literally, we're talking about Saudi Arabia. The first email I see is Alu Akbar. So send that to the feds. Um, yes, yeah, salam alaikum. Um, so, okay, so so Kashagi or Kashanagi, Kashagi, Jamal Kashagi, he basically is outspoken for years against the Saudi government. And they're kind of like, hey, dude, don't be a dick, blah, blah, blah. Because, dude, the prince, I forgot how, you got to watch the documentary, but, like, the king of Saudi Arabia had, like, 37 sons. Like, it's something, there's so many princes. It's like, there's fucking princes. Everywhere you look, there's, there's a prince. But one of them, I think the guy who's going to be next up, his name is Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, they call him, MBS. And he's, like, the newfound, like, young prince, whatever, like, supposed to be cool, wants to bring all this peace and prosperity to Saudi Arabia, utilizing social media, inspiring the young, galvanizing the young. But he's a fucking criminal, and, like, a, a, like he really, like, at least this documentary, he does not want anyone talking negative about the government. So... Kashagi starts to tweet, like, just like, hey, Saudi Arabia, like, I think he moved to Turkey, Kashagi was in the United States, he was out of, he left Saudi Arabia, because he was like, oh, I'm going to get killed for this, so he started tweeting, and Saudi Arabia, you know, says, like, oh, you know, like, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, you can have free speech, but, of course, survey says, that's a lie, so Kashagi issues a statement, I mean, Kashagi starts tweeting, and it's like, he's tweeting shit that, like, oh, fuck, so one of Kashagi's friends, Omar something, convinces Kashagi, who th- 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 this guy's in Canada at this time. He tells Kashagi, he's like, yo, you should start like tweeting. We should all start tweeting and we should try to like get the message like number one trending in Saudi Arabia. But here's the thing Saudi Arabia, MBS, understanding the power, understanding the power of social media, MBS has literally 88,000 Saudi Arabian employees working every day at their computers in whatever, you know, the, the palace over there, making fake Twitter accounts to make sure that their top thing, it's called Vision 2030, where like, I don't know, like Saudi Arabia, I don't even know what everybody in Saudi Arabia is going to be fucking gay. I, I don't know what Vision 2030 is. It's like something crazy. Like everyone in Saudi Arabia goes trans in 2030. It's powerful. It's woke. I don't, whatever their Vision 2030 bullshit thing is, is, is what MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, wants up there. And then Jamal Khashoggi and this guy know that anytime they tweet something, it's getting pushed down. As soon as they tweet anything, it's just these bots, which they call bees in Saudi Arabia. It's just these bees tweeting negativity at Jamal Khashoggi and this guy Omar and all the people on Jamal Khashoggi's side. So you would think, oh, shit, you walk outside and it's like all these people hate me, but none of it's real. They're just fake Twitter accounts. And that's why I've been saying... For so long, like anybody that tweets at me, I don't believe it's real. I don't believe 99% of the tweets are fucking real. Like even I just noticed Michael Che is coming under fire in SNL of his sketch that's transphobic about Joe Biden's something with like allowing gays in the military or something like that. And Che had a, had a, um, uh, Che had a joke like where it's like, 
don't talk. I forgot what the joke was, but it's like something like a tuck back joke, which was like, it was a great joke. I'm just forgetting the wording, but all NBC news and this and that SNL coming under fire. I don't believe any of it. I don't believe it for a second. I believe it's all fake Twitter shit. And it might even be S this is how crazy it goes. It might even be Saturday night live as its own show to give it to give itself press creating fake shit. It's like whatever Michael Chase said. Yeah, look, people tweeting. Somebody tweeted Rose Domino. This isn't funny. And so many people had to let this joke get, get to air. Y'all so dumb. I believe here's what it is. If you want to tweet something negative, you have to also, in my opinion, you have to also have a video of you saying that. You have to prove to me that you're a real person, not a fucking bot. I don't care if you have a verified blue check or not. You have to prove to me you're a real person. And you also have to prove to me that somebody doesn't have a gun to your head making you tweet that because they got shit on you. Because here's what I'm getting to. Saudi Arabia, in this thing, Jeff Bezos was supposed to, like, Jeff Bezos was supposed to, like, um, donate all this money to Saudi Arabia for, like, some cause. And then when the Jamal Khashoggi shit happened, they were like, he backed out. So what happened was is Jamal Khashoggi one day goes into the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul, Turkey. Yas, Istanbul, Turkey. He goes in there to get a marriage certificate because he wanted to marry this new woman because his, his wife left him or wanted a divorce. She was like, dude, like everyone's trying to threaten and kill me in Saudi Arabia. So I have to like get away from you. So he was like, I get it, babe. So he was like, listen, Habibi, I understand. I, I got to go. So he found a new piece that was like younger and has a list, but she's like cute, and like has like a fat ass or whatever. So he's like, let me marry this woman. So, so he goes into the consulate to get the marriage certificate the Saudi Arabian consulate in Turkey, the Saudi Arabian MBS and, you know, obviously not him uh, there, but the head of security and all his like little minions are waiting for Khashoggi inside the Saudi Arabian consulate and they smother him and, and kill him in the consulate. His wife's waiting outside at 1 p.m. All of a sudden it's midnight. She's like, where the fuck's my husband? They killed him, dismembered his body, put it in bags, and I think dissolved him in some battery acid. I still to this day don't think they ever found his body. They claim, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Something must have happened. First, they're saying, we don't know what's happening. Then they're like, he had an asthma attack. Then they're like, he died here. They killed him because of, of him being, them pinning him as a dissident because he got to, when I told you about all that trending Twitter stuff, him and his friend Omar, I'm forgetting his last name, Omar Mohammed. I don't know what his last name is, but if you watch the dissident, he, this guy's very prevalent. He kind of, Jamal Khashoggi kind of got killed because of this guy. This they created Khashoggi and this guy Omar created their own B army. They created their own thing to combat the Saudi Arabian, you know, bots, and they got their thing hashtagging to number one, which I forgot the hashtag was like something about the bees or you know bees only some something like that something with bees. Which shout out bees, shout out pollen, shout out honey. It's, it's good for you. I've been using my Fitness Pal app to track my calories, and honey is nice. It's 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 got low calories, and it but it fills you up. So does watermelon and blueberry. Shout out Tank Sinatra for giving me that tip. Um, Fitness Pal app, great. By the way, it's been I've lost like six or seven pounds in the last two three weeks. It's just Fitness Pal. That app is fantastic. Again, not sponsoring the show, but like just if you want to lose weight and get in shape and track your calories, go to My Fitness Pal and put the app up. I'm dude. I'm serious. Clip that and send it to Alex. So, so we're sending it to our ad guy. What our scheme is now is we're going to try to make people that aren't sponsoring the show just do good ad reads and then send it to them and be like, "Hey, do you want to sponsor the show?" Chrissy Chaos is just shouting you out for no reason. Give me the money. Um. So, so. 
Jamal and Omar start tweeting their own stuff, their hashtag, which again, Saudi Arabian Twitter, the, the, the government controls it because they have all these bot accounts. So whatever they want up is always the number one trending topic because it's like, it's always Vision 2030 or Muhammad MBS is the best or, you know, like suck the king's cock, like whatever it is, like, you know, like Allah's great, like all this stuff where they're like, you know, all this Saudi Arabian propaganda is what it is, is always number one Twitter trending. But then like two weeks before Jamal dies, they get their shit to, to the number one Twitter trending topic, something about the bees thing. And then they're like, oh, we got to kill this guy now. MBS and all his people and the king are like, yo, we got to kill this guy. So they go... And, you know, they kill him in the, in the, uh, in the consulate, in the Saudi Arabian consulate um, in Istanbul, Turkey. And then Jeff Bezos pulls out of this conference because a lot of the world leaders are like, yo, we can't give any money. Even the American government is like, we can't give any money or weapons to Saudi Arabia if they're killing their own journalists and lying about it. The only one... Here's what happened, okay? I'm going to tell you the Jeff Bezos thing and then the other one. This is Chrissy Conspiracies, Chrissy Documentaries, uh, Chrissy the Arabian. This is all that in one. Chrissy of Arabia, like Lawrence of Arabia. I'm Chrissy, Chrissy of Arabia. So so um, um, Jeff Bezos pulls out, right? MBS and Jeff Bezos are friends, though. And the way that they would tap people's phones, the way MBS and the Saudi, and go Saudi Arabian government tap people's phones, is they send you a, a text or a link to something because you're friends, and then you download it, and it puts spyware in your phone. So MBS and Jeff Bezos were texting about stuff after all this, like innocent stuff, like, oh, I'm sorry that happened. I don't know anything. You know, MBS, like, I don't know anything that happened about Jamal Khashoggi. Like, why don't you come over? Like, we'll throw hummus at each other. Like, we'll go crazy. We'll ride a camel. We'll fuck whatever the fuck you want to do, Jeffy B. Like, let's just have fun. They're texting on WhatsApp, and Jeff Bezos doesn't think that his phone's getting tapped. So he's writing back, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I love camels. Like, you know, fucking let, let, let's fucking gangbang a camel. I got all this money in the world. I'm Jeff Bezos. Like, I can't even get my dick up from having sex with women. Like, let's, you know, Jeff Bezos, like, you know, you, you, you have slaves there. Like, let's fuck a slave. Like, who knows what these billionaires are talking about? But they're, it's crazy. So, so Bezos, with that, gets his phone. One of the texts that MBS sends has spyware in it. And to fuck with Jeff Bezos, they are now reading all his texts, Instagram messages, everything for weeks. And all of a sudden, the bombshell comes out in the National Enquirer that Jeff Bezos is having an affair with Lauren Sanchez or something Sanchez, whatever, his, his now girlfriend. It was MBS. It was MBS that was the one that broke it because he's the one that got their text. And he was basically like, fuck you, Jeff. You want to pull out? I got your phone. So I think, and then it made Jeff Bezos's, you know, ex-wife the richest woman in the world. Fuck the patriarchy. Um, but Jeff Bezos' wife is now the second richest woman in the world. But, but so, so what I think, though, is because everybody, all the Americans, all the American senators were saying, we're not doing business with Saudi Arabia. Let's, let's stop sending them money, stop sending them weapons, put a big embargo tax on them. Fuck their oil. We don't need it. All that, except Donald Trump. Donald Trump was like, nope. The Senate actually passed a law that said we're done working with Saudi Arabia, and then Trump uses veto power to get over it, and everyone's, like, yelling at Trump and what a bad guy he is. And I guess, but you know what probably happened is he's friends with MBS. MBS probably hacked his phone from some porn or whatever they were sending each other, and now MBS has got so much freaking stuff on Donald Trump. He's got, probably got him, you know, fucking texting the N-word to his friends, and, and MBS is like, 
I got you, bro. So either you do what I tell you to do or you're done. That's what I think a lot of these leaders, I, I think like this is what it is with a lot of these leaders where it's like they're doing things and we can't understand as the public like why they would do that. I think they got their phones tapped. I, I think that that's probably it. It's probably not it. Imagine it wasn't and some guy from his couch in the middle of Brooklyn just freaking nailed it. Dude, I'm never going into the Saudi Arabian consulate in Turkey. So just understand, if you want me to do a show in Istanbul, Turkey, I'm not going near the Saudi Arabian consulate. I'm not trying to get my... I would love to see how many bags they would have to dismember my body into. You would need two bags just for my butt. <laughs> so that's Chrissy Documentaries. Go watch The Dissident. Um, well, I mean, was that too much of a law? Was that Was that... Was that crazy, Pimp? Was that interesting? No, no, it's interesting. I've I've tried to figure out this story a hundred times. Did that kind of like explain it to you in in, a, in kind of a way, good way? Yeah, in the most chaotic way. In the most chaotic way. I know it's all, dude. dude it's Chrissy Chaos. I mean, what do you want? What's up? It's Chrissy Standups. Listen, February 12th, 13th, Valentine's Day weekend. I'll be doing Atlantic City, New Jersey, the Celebrity Theater. Then February 25th to the 27th, hot, 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 Phoenix, Arizona, House of Comedy. Then just added March 6th, the Vogel, Red Bank, New Jersey. We just added two shows there. Go get them. The tickets sold out real quick last time. Go to chrisdcomedy.com for tickets. That's chrisdcomedy.com for tickets. I'm Chrissy Standups. Let's have some fun. ChristyComedy.com. By the way, my show's in Atlantic City, um, almost sold out. Uh, Vogel in Red Bank, New Jersey, almost sold out, so get tickets. Also, February 25th to 27th, Phoenix. I think they're almost sold out, but the venue hasn't gotten back to us, but let's just say they're almost sold out. So go get tickets. Um, and thanks for all the support on Hey Babe. We really appreciate uh, Hey Babe, no, uh, YouTube.com slash No Pressure Network. Thank you. Uh, if only we could get Joe DeRosa out of it, we would really be flying. Um <laughs> So, just kidding. Shout out Joe DeRosa. Go, go support Joe DeRosa's sandwich shop. Joey DeRosa's got a sandwich shop out of the Stan Comedy Club. Go support it. Uh, uh, at Joe DeRosa on Instagram, Twitter, everything. Joey D, love you. So, look. Also, you know, here's the thing. You know, we're only in episode two of Chrissy Chaos. We're figuring it out. It is a little chaotic, but I think that's what we want, right? That's what we signed up for. That's kind of how my brain works. I like doing the Anxiety Tuesday mental health segment. I like kind of like Chrissy documentaries, talking about a documentary I watch, just to like, you know, spread things that I like. And I also love history. That's the thing. I've loved history. I was going to be a history major in college, but then my parents told me there's no money in being a history teacher. So instead, I majored in psychology and then realized there was no money in being a psychologist. So I then just backtracked and went to physical therapy school and then realized there's no money in physical therapy and I have a doctorate degree and I'm $85,000 in debt. So I quit all of that and just started doing stand-up at fucking open mics at the Maui Taco in 2010. And now I do stand-up and podcasting from my couch. So that's how my life is. So it's chaos in a nutshell. And but I love history so much. So this segment, which we call Christory Stefano, and we're going to start to get graphics, right? Pimp, like when it's a segment, like we'll do Christory Stefano, play some music, anxiety choose, or logo, whatever. But you're now entering into the Christory Stefano segment where I tell you a little bit about a, a thing in history you may or may not have known. Not a full deep dive. It's just something interesting. So I thought with President's Day coming up, by the way, also... Black History Month. I didn't mention it. I should, that should have been the first thing I mentioned. That's why I'm wearing black. That's why I have on black. Everything is black for Black History Month or a.k.a. Sean King Month. Um, I just want to shout out Stevie Wonder. Love Stevie Wonder. My daughter is learning all about Stevie Wonder for Black History Month in school. 
So she was like, she was like, Dad, did you know Stevie Wonder has no eyes? I said, well, he does have eyes. He just can't see out of them. She was like, but wouldn't it be better if he just took his own eyeballs out? I'm like, probably. That would look nuts. He may not have eyes. He may not have eyeballs. No one's ever seen what's under the glasses. But if you go to patreon.com slash Christy Comedy, we have kidnapped Stevie Wonder and we took his glasses off. Um, JK. Um, by the way, on the Patreon, uh, the exclusive content going on over there is wild. And for 25 bucks a month, we do an extra, extra episode that's truly nuts. Like we say things are 1,000% would get me canceled on True TV, but who gives a fuck? Um, it's all about the Patreon, baby. It's all about the fans. I love that the power, I love that the my career and our peers, my peers' careers is in the fans, is in the hands of our fans not a network or a movie. I, I think those things are good to do, but I think in whatever form, if you're in entertainment, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're a garbage man, I think like the more autonomy you can have, the better. Don't rely on who's going to give me my next paycheck. Like you have to, even if you're working for a boss, also have a business or something where you have streams of revenue coming in that you control. And I like that. I like having something that I have where I technically have a boss and in, in doing a, a TV show or trying to get a movie or something. But mainly the thing that I care about more than anything is what I'm doing right now. Because my the, the, the power of this comes from the fans. If the fans don't respond and don't like me, I have nothing. If they do respond and like me, if, if I'm helping them as much as they're helping me, we have this great symbiotic relationship and everybody wins. So I love it. I love it so much. So thank you for all the support that we've been gotten. YouTube.com, Christy Comedy. That's where the episodes are coming out. We got con I got content coming out. Almost too much content. I'm hashtag Christy Content. But me and Pimp said we got our pedal to the metal. We're going to keep going until one of our hearts give out. Um, and we don't have Venetia here yet. Venetia will be employed soon. We just don't have enough money to pay her. But she will calm us down and she will curb the chaos. Until then, we have Vinny curbing the chaos. But Vinny curbing the chaos is a little different than Venetia. Because Vinny will, at some point, if, if you get too chaotic, Vinny will pull out a gun and put it to your head. And that's just no bueno. With this part of Chris Reed Stefano, I want to talk about with President's Day coming up. The Lincoln assassination conspiracy. A lot of you guys have probably heard that there's a Lincoln assassination conspiracy, and maybe you know about it, maybe you don't. You, everybody knows John Wilkes Booth killed Abraham Lincoln, which is true. Um, you may or may not have known that Abraham Lincoln was gay. If you go to youtube.com slash Christy Comedy, my top five people in history you didn't know were gay. Abraham Lincoln's on there. Go watch that video. Um, we explained that Lincoln was gay. Um, um, but the conspiracy thing is this. So April 17th, 1865, that's when Lincoln gets killed. A lot of people know that. I'm sorry, or is it April 14th? It's one of those days. No, April 17th, he dies. April 14th, he got shot. So, so April 17th is Vinny's birthday, by the way. So that's the, Vinny was born on the day Lincoln died, you fucking traitor. I'm kidding. Can you hear me? Vinny, can you hear me? Okay, no. Um, yeah, dude, by the way, she, yeah, she told me not to post that video because it's got like dust in the vacuum cleaner and whatever like that. And she's like, I don't want people to know that we live in a dirty house. I'm like, we don't live in a dirty house. That vacuum cleaner is from another apartment I used to have. She's like, yeah, do not post it. But like, let's post it on Patreon. <laughs> for what level do you want to post it? Should we do it for just everybody? The fives and up. Yeah, let's just do it for Fives everybody. and up. Yeah. We'll put, post a video of the mouse in the vacuum cleaner. Uh, uh, what? What do you mean? Don't I'm not going to post it. Pimp, don't post it then, please. Don't post it. Don't post it. Oh, for the $100 tier? Yeah, which, by the way, we had to change the name of the $100 tier. So now it's not it's not Baby Mamas. 
I'm sorry to the group. That was offensive and not right. I'm sorry for no, calling it to no baby group. mama tier. There's no group. There's only me. I'm the only baby mama. That's the problem. Right. So it's not it's not plural. And I never will be plural. Well, I got news for you. Is I just found out I have a child in Canada who's twenty three years old. You're well, disgusting. What do you mean I'm disgusting? I didn't even know you. I was 13. So we've changed the $100 tier to um, just uh, help Chrissy D support more Puerto Ricans or something like that. But it's just whatever it is. But the $100 tier, you don't get anything. You're just a wild kid that spends cash. Um, But so, Vinny, do you want to listen to this history lesson? All right, go study. It's about Abraham Lincoln's uh, assassination plot. What you didn't know. Well, first of all, what do you know about Abraham Lincoln? Let's go. What, what, Vinny, what... Go speaking the microphone. What le- what 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 um currency is Abraham Lincoln on? She said my mother. That was her answer, my mother's. Um that's what it is. So so uh so April 14th he gets shot. Here's the thing, okay? Let me explain this to you. So the conspiracy is and and here's what you gotta understand about Abraham Lincoln, is he was getting plotted against all day, every day for his entire presidency. I mean, we're in civil war. You think the country hates itself now and is divided now? There were actually literally 750,000 people died in a four-year span in the civil war. That's more Americans died in that war than all the other wars America has fought combined. You know that little stat? You learned that on Chris Reed Stefano. You may have known that, but that's a stat. More Americans died in the civil war than every other war America has ever fought combined, baby girl. Baby they, baby boy. So so people hate Lincoln, and the country's divided 10 times worse than it could be right now. So he doesn't take any assassination plot really that seriously anymore because like, yeah, dude, okay, what? What is it, Tuesday? Somebody wants to kill me? I get it. But this one obviously was real. This John Wilkes Booth plot was real. And a lot of people think John Wilkes Booth was the mastermind and this and that. But guess what? I got news for you right here on Chrissy Chaos. He wasn't. I believe he was just a pawn in a huge confederacy, conspiracy. The confederacy, if you guys don't know, were the states that defected from the Union, the United States, the South, and wanted to form their own nation, headed by president-elect for there, Jefferson Davis. So they're, they're the QAnon. Confederate, yeah, Confederacy is the QAnon. Confederacy is the QAnon. So, and yeah. So, and I wouldn't have sided with them the way I sided with QAnon. <laughs> I'm Chrissy QAnon, but I am not Chrissy Confederacy. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't side with any of them. I'm Chrissy the Patriot. I'm Chrissy Loves America. I'm Chrissy Red, White, and Blues. That's all you got to know about me. I want what's best for this goddamn country. And my president, listen, and here's the thing. I did vote for Joe Biden, or I meant to, but I accidentally wrote in Joe Budden. So Joe Budden got my president vote, the rapper, um, who put his whole podcast on Patreon, so shout out. Um, But, so Abe Lincoln, gay Abe Lincoln, good old gay Abe, um, doesn't take this threat seriously. People think John Wilkes Booth masterminded his whole thing. I think it was a confederacy conspiracy. Here's why. Okay, a couple of things. So, number one, that day... Not only, it wasn't only President Lincoln. President Lincoln was shot and killed. Andrew Johnson, who was the current vice president at the time, was also supposed to be killed, but they couldn't get to him. And William Seward, who was the secretary of state at the time, which my father went to Seward Park High School in downtown uh, Manhattan, shout out. William Stewart, Seward, Seward, not Steward, Seward, like you're the Seward. I'll flush you down the, into the Seward. 
Seward was stabbed almost to death in his house. He wasn't killed, but he was stabbed, which they thought he was going to get killed. So that tells you bigger conspiracy, bigger plot. This is not just about John Wilkes Booth wanting to out the president for whatever reason because he was a failed actor and whatever. No, that's number one. Number two, the bodyguard who was supposed... Here's two players. Before I get to that, there's two players. There's, there's the bodyguard... John Parker, who, by the way, was Lincoln's only bodyguard at that at the night that he was shot in Fort Theater in Washington, D.C. It was only it was only uh, John Parker who was there, who was known to be like an imbecile. He was like a big doof idiot. Like people <laughs> liked him. People liked him to be like, oh, this guy's a stupid idiot. He's kind of like Chrissy D. Imagine if I was your bodyguard. Imagine like I'm kind of there, like I'm supposed to be protecting the president, but I'm also texting, you know, I'm like, uh, I'm having anxiety attacks. I'm looking down at my shoes. I'm walking around in circles. I'm holding in farts. Like I'm not necessarily like a trained warrior you know, Viking protector, that I believe is John Parker. He's just like a big doof of a guy that people are like, ah, this guy's fine to be around, but like, you know, I don't trust him with my life. Feel fucking, he's an idiot. So the secretary um, of state, uh, William Seward was the secretary of state. The secretary of war, who's, what was his name, the secretary of war? Can you just scroll down a little bit on the notes? The secretary of war, Edwin Stanton, who I think Stanton Street in Manhattan is named after, and that's, I don't know if that's true or not, but whenever I do that, just know that's hashtag Chrissy Liberties. That's Chrissy taking liberties with the truth, taking liberties with history. So hashtag Chrissy Liberties is when I say something like Stan Street was named after former Secretary of War Edwin Stanton in downtown Manhattan. It may or may not be true. Edwin Stanton, also father of John Carlos Stanton, uh, baseball player for the New York Yankees. Um, so Edwin Stanton, Secretary of War at the time, here's what we got to know about him. He in the months previous to Lincoln's death, was very spoken, outspoken, because the North kind of knew they were going to win. The war ends in 1865, and then Lincoln dies, you know, a little bit later. But everybody knew that the war was going to end. I'm sorry, Lincoln got killed first, and then the war ended. But everyone knew the North was winning. Like, it, the North was so much of a superior fighting force than the South in the Civil War. Like, everybody knew the North was kind of always going to win. The South had a couple of battles won, and, and Troy and the South were very good fighters. Don't get me wrong. The, as a matter of fact, a lot of people don't know this. Like, of course, like Robert E. Lee, you know, graduate of West Point, was probably the best general in the war. But even the soldiers... In, that made up the Confederacy, they were like the trained soldiers were from the South in the American Civil War. They would be the ones that had fought and had previous war experience and were fighting in this war and that war. That was the South. The North was just, we had so many more numbers. We just put up numbers. But a lot of them were like, you know, they just knock on the door and they're like, oh, Chris, put down your podcast and get a gun. And I'm like, Bleh! and I got to go kill people from the South. Where the people from the South are, like they go to school for this shit. They're trained warriors. They're hunting hogs and stuff. Like, I don't know how to hunt. I live in the North. I just go to the bodega and get my bacon. But in the South, you got to hunt for it. So, so they were a better fighting force, but the North was going to win because of sheer numbers. We just had so many more numbers and skilled fighters. And Ulysses S. Grant, who was drunk, but just fucking killing it. Like some people can just be drunk and kill it. That was Ulysses S. Grant. Um, and we'll talk about Grant on another podcast because he's also fascinating. By but, the way, did you see this weird fact here about Lincoln? Grave robbers attempted to steal Lincoln's corpse. Secret Service did come to Lincoln's protection, but only in death. In 1876, a gang of Chicago counterfeiters attempted to snatch Lincoln's body from his tomb, which was protected by just a single padlock in Oak Ridge Cemetery in Springfield, Illinois. Their scheme was to hold the corpse for a ransom of 200000 You got to go higher than that. 200000 when it's fucking Little League. 
and obtained the release of the gang's best counterfeiter from prison. Secret Service agents, however, infiltrated the gang and were lying in wait to disrupt the operation. Lincoln's body was quickly moved to an unmarked grave and eventually encased in a steel cage and entombed under 10 feet of concrete. Wow. So people were trying to take the kid's body. <laughs> Do you think they buried him with his hat on? They had to. They had to, right? Yeah. I would love to get a Lincoln hat. So Edwin Stanton, what you need to know is he was the Secretary of War in Lincoln's cabinet, but very outspoken in the months before Lincoln's death about how Lincoln was not going to be hard on the South. He was going to kind of let bygones be bygones. The war happened and just move on. Kind of like what's happening now with Trump and Biden when they're like, they're still impeaching him. But some people are like, let's just bygones be bygones. But then other people are like, you know, we got to impeach him so he never runs for power again in 2024. So I think that's really what it was where it was like, where it was like, you know, Edwin Stanton was saying, you have to make the South pay so they never get up and do this shit again. And Lincoln was saying, look, I want to unify the country back. Let's just help them get back on their feet and whatever. So there was a lot of problems there. So Stanton, so with that information, on the night, because Edwin Stanton, the Secretary of War, is at the play too at, at, at Fort Theater, Edwin Stanton says, um, Abraham Lincoln on that night says, hey, can I have this guy as a bodyguard and this guy as a bodyguard? I don't want this dumb idiot who's bodyguarding me. And Edwin Stanton said, no, you're going to take this guy. This is the guy we need you to take. So I know he's a dummy, but this is what it has to be. Sorry. And, you know, Lincoln doesn't think anything about it. He's like, all right, well, fuck that. Whatever. I guess I got this guy. So then, of course, John Wilkes Booth sneaks in at the right time as soon as the Lincoln's bodyguard walked away, I think, to go smoke a cigarette or write a letter. I mean, there wasn't texting back then. Maybe he was writing something with, like, a ballpoint pen or... I don't know what you're doing in the fucking 1860s, chewing molasses or whatever bullshit. <laughs> He's going, he walks away. Lincoln gets shot, of course. John Wilkes Booth jumps down, breaks his ankle, is on the run, blah, 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 blah. John Wilkes Booth, after he kills Lincoln, for some reason, gets his hands on Edwin Stanton's diary. All guys used to write diaries back in the day for some reason. It's like, dude, you weren't cool if you didn't have a diary. So Edwin Stanton wrote a diary and John Wilkes Booth ripped out 17 pages of the diary. It's like, why are you taking 17 pages of the Secretary of War's diary, dude? What are you hiding? What, what do you got? I don't know. So he takes Edwin Stanton's diary. And Edwin Stanton, again, who was very outspoken, maybe he wanted Lincoln to die. Maybe this was a coup. Maybe it's Chrissy Coos. Maybe it wanted him to die. Edwin Stanton wanted Lincoln to die so they could put their people in power just like fucking everybody's doing now with, you know, everybody yells about now is I want my guy in power to control this or control that. They wanted their guy, Edwin Stanton and his crew wanted his people in power. Maybe he was working with the Confederacy because he wanted some type of penalty on the South. I don't know. Because here's another thing. John Wilkes Booth was seen a week before he killed Lincoln in the St. Elizabeth Hotel in Montreal, Canada, which was a known Confederacy hangout. I don't know why the Confederate soldiers were hanging out in Montreal, Canada. I have no freaking idea. I mean, you want to go to the South, you know, you think the South, but they're going all the way up North. I guess in Montreal, there's just like no rules, man. The French, there's just like no rules when you're speaking kind of French. So I, maybe like that's just what it was like. Or maybe it was because France and Canada secretly wanted the Confederacy to win. I don't know. That's another Chrissy Liberties I'm going to take right here. Maybe that's what it was. Because really, you know, when America goes to Civil War, even in the 1860s, they were kind of like whatever. Mon oh, here we go. Montreal was used as a secret base for a team of Confederates attempting to launch covert and intelligence operations from Canada against the United States. To finance their cause in October 1864, they robbed three banks in St. Albans, Vermont, killed an American citizen, and escaped with 170000 
Okay, so there you go. So the Confederate Secret Service was based out of Montreal, Canada. I have to think Canada was allowing them to do that for some reason. Or was Canada not even a country yet? Canada wasn't even a country yet. It sounds like these guys were just like the Sopranos. They were just rolling through. They were just rolling through. Because that's the thing with the Confederates. Like, Confederacy, there was a lot of lawlessness there. Like, even like all like the um, like outlaws, like Billy the Kid and all those stuff, that's all Confederate ex-soldiers, like the Wild Wild West. That's all ex-Confederate soldiers robbing saloons and, sh- you know, all the shit you see in the movies, like Back to the Future stuff. Based- Biff would have been a Confederate soldier. So, so I kind of think, with all that being said, it kind of feels like it was a coup. Oh, and also the bodyguard. I keep forgetting his name. What was the bodyguard's name again, Pimp? No, no, Edwin Stans, the Secretary of War. Um, um, John Parker, how about this? This is where it really pins me, pins it down. John Parker, after Lincoln is killed, you would think is going to get in a lot of trouble and prosecuted for being the, dude, you're the president. You got one job. You got one job and you let the president get shot in the head. You would think he's at least going to get fired or prosecuted. Nothing ever happened to him. He kept his job as a secret, as a bodyguard for the next president, uh, President uh, Andrew Johnson. And he never got prosecuted. So that tells me the Secretary of War, Edwin Stan, and other people might have been in cahoots. They might have been in cahoots. It might have been a coup. It might have been a cahoots. A coohoops. Chrissy Coohoots. That's what I think. So next time you say, oh, John Wilkes Booth masterminded the Lincoln assassination at a party, think twice. I don't think that it happened that way. But again, I could be all wrong. I could be all wrong. This is Chrissy Conspiracies. This Listen, I could be all wrong, but... I think I'm right. You know what you just made me think of when you're talking about his his diary and how stupid it was they had diaries? What's the difference between them writing a diary and Twitter? That's what it is. Twitter is modern-day diaries. And people always have to write these diaries for attention. It's all attention. It's all attention, dude. It's like one of them, yeah, my diary is for... Well, well, I think, too, have you ever wrote a diary? I mean, Twitter. Twitter, that's it. Dude, I wrote a diary. I had a diary for like a week once when I was like in my mid-20s, and it was just the same stuff. It was just like, you know, I would just like write, write Why'd stu- you start it? Why'd you start it? I started it because I was I was on therapy at the time, and my doctor, my psychologist was like, you should be writing a diary. You, I swear to God, I hear crawling over there. I think there's a mouse in the couch, but I'm not, I can't look at it again. Um, oh, my God. Um so you only lasted one week with the diary. One week with the diary because I think a lot of it was like, you know, I would write like felt nervous today. You know, uh, you know, I, I kept taking showers. When I was, a, when I was a, uh, in my 20s, I would, for whatever reason, like the only thing that would help me with my nerves is I swear to God is I would take a shower with a bathing suit on. So I kept just <laughs> taking showers with my bathing suit on just like, you know, like that was the only thing that would calm me down. And that's what it kept writing. It was like, oh, you know, Tuesday, took shower, bathing suit on, felt better, ate Oreos. You know, mom yelled at me for not cleaning room. I'm 26 years old, want to kill myself. Like it was, that's what it was. Like, you know, life not going well. Mom yelled at me for stop eating boogers, 26 years old, Wednesday, like stuff like that. So I just stopped writing a diary. But I guess in a way, Twitter is kind of like a diary. It really is. Well, I feel like all those old people were writing in their diaries to one day be read. It was all for attention. It was all for attention, dude. The narcissism, it runs deep. It runs deep in history. It runs deep in our society now. And it's no different back then, you know, as it was today. As they say, history repeats itself. Um, (laughs) Another section of the show, The 48 Laws of Power. By the way, this book, 
given to me, uh, uh, recommended to me by the great Tank Sinatra, who's on steroids uh, living in Long Island. Go follow Tank Sinatra at Tank's Good News and Tank Sinatra on Instagram. He's now doing videos. Um, so stop. Um, just post your memes. I'm kidding. Love you, Tank Sinatra. It's nice to see your face. You're a cute kid. Also, Tank Sinatra's the one who told me to count my calories on the Fitness Pal app. So shout out Tank Sinatra. Tank Sinatra, my fitness pal, Yas. Headspace, none of them are sponsors. Um, so the 48 Laws of Power, as we said, for at least for the next 48 episodes, we're going to go through one chapter, a show. This, coincidentally, I'm going to go through the second chapter real quick, but make no mistake, this is Chrissy Chaos. Episode three, we don't know what chapter we're going to talk about. We're going to bop around. But it is just, we did episode, we did ep, uh, chapter one last week. Now we're going to do chapter two. Let's open it up. And I've already read this book, so we kind of just open up to the things that I've highlighted that I haven't looked at in a while. So chapter two, 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, which he spells it G-R-E-E-N-E, adds the E because he's an asshole. I don't know. I don't know why he adds the E. Green. I'd love to get Robert Green on the podcast. Maybe we can. Maybe Pimpy will reach out. Let's reach out to Robert Green. But there's a lot of Robert Greens. That's the thing. How do I know which one it is? We'll find him. Uh, Tank Sinatra talked to him on once. I think he, he was on Tank Sinatra's podcast. All right. 48 Laws of Power, Chapter 2. Law 2, I should say. Law 2. Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. Judgment. Be wary of friends. They will betray you more quickly for they're easily aroused to envy. They also become spoiled and tyrannical. But hire a former enemy, and he will be more loyal than a friend because he has more to prove. In fact, you have more to fear from friends than from enemies. If you have no enemies, find a way to make them. So I'm pissing everybody off because I'm trying to keep myself safe. So a lot of this stuff is about the Han Dynasty. A lot of, dude, almost all the 48 Laws of Power, they talk about something that happened in China in the ancient world. Dude, China was fucking lit. It's kind of getting lit again, but dude, it was litty city back in like, you know, 2000 BC. I mean, they were just building walls and shit and going crazy, like talking about dragons. It was wild. Um, but here, and also another thing I highlighted, a Sufi proverb. I don't know what Sufi is. Pick up a bee from kindness and learn the limitations of kindness. So what do you think that means with the bees? Like pick up, pick up a bee from kindness and learn the limitations of kindness. Does it mean like just fuck bees or? If you're too kind to the bee, it's going to sting you. It's going to sting you. Okay. See, that's what it is. That's why I need pimp here and that's why I need you here because sometimes I read these laws of power and I'm just doing the wrong thing. I'm like, all right, so I guess I won't, I guess don't eat honey then. <laughs> But that's the second rule in the, four, in, the, in, in the 48 Laws of Power. So take that. So, so sometimes this book, like you read the laws, and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound like the right thing to do or the nice thing to do. I don't think Robert Greene gives an F. I think Robert Greene is like, dude, I'm telling you how to survive in life. So it says, never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. And you know what I like about the book is at the end of every chapter, he also does a reversal of when to go the reverse rule is okay. So I have that highlighted. He says... Although it is generally best not to mix work with friendship, there are times when a friend can be used to greater effect than an enemy. A man of power, for example, like Pimpy, often has dirty work that has to be done. But for the sake of appearances, it is generally preferable to have other people do it for him. Friends often do this best since their affection for him makes them willing to take chances. Also, if your plans go awry, oh, awry, A-W-R-Y, for some reason, you can use a friend as a convenient scapegoat. This fall of the favorite was a trick often used by kings and sovereigns. They would let their closest friend at court take the fall for a mistake since the public would not believe that they would deliberately sacrifice a friend for such a purpose. Dude, that's what the Confederacy did. That's what happened with John Wilkes Booth. 
Edwin Stanton, the Secretary of War, and Jefferson Davis, the President of the Confederacy, made John Wilkes Booth uh, take the fall. They read Robert Greene's 48 Laws of Power 100 years before it came out. It's wild. Chrissy Chaos. Every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. YouTube.com slash Christy Comedy. Patreon.com slash Christy Comedy. ChristyComedy.com for all my stand-up dates. I'm back touring, baby. We're getting out there. We're going to be in Los Angeles for two months. Pimp's coming with me. So is Vinny. We're having more babies. Yes, tell your friends. Stay gay. <laughs>